Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And welcome to the third episode of the Dogs Podcast. Today we're breaking down the 2020 free agent class. Let's kick this thing off. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. All right, guys. Uh, good to see you again. Long time no see. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. What about 10 minutes? Yeah, maybe 15. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just so everybody out there knows, we are recording two episodes here on one day. Uh, trying to get everybody's schedules here to line up. You know, we're a bunch of young business professionals. We've got a lot of things in a lot of different places, you know, out there working. It's hard to line up our schedules. Just, uh, Justin and I tried to throw you off with our wardrobe change. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I, I stayed the same. So. For everybody watching on YouTube. <laughs> right. Well, guys, uh, you know, last episode of the draft, this episode, free agency, kind of bring the whole Browns roster together. All in all, I think pretty good free agent class for the Browns. Filled some hold, uh, some holes, got a couple key pieces, spent a lot of money. Um, before we dive into free agency, though, uh, I think we wanted to look at what some of our worst free agent pickups in franchise history were, which it's a long list, so let's just focus on a couple of these. <laughs> <laughs> What's everybody's uh, favorite worst free agent signing? I thought it was tough to pick a worst first-round pick. Hey, we're the Browns. <laughs> they give us plenty of content. Yeah, sure. yeah. Well, I, I'll I'll start us off. I'll go with Kenny Britt, Dwayne Bow. Yeah, <laughs> kind of kind of the same type of a guy. But yeah, Kenny Britt was just terrible. He had a big season, got a huge contract, signed him for four years, thirty two and a half million dollars. Uh, only played nine games. Actually went to Dorsey and said. Hey, I don't want to play on a losing team and ask for his release. A day later, he was gone. So. <laughs> I mean, what a joke. Yeah. That, I used to read uh, or listen to a lot of things that said players saw the Browns as kind of like, uh, end of my career, I can go there and make a quick $10 million, not really try hard, get in, get out, and then make a lot of money at the end of my career. To me, that's – I mean, what a monster – POS to do something like that's that. what you want your franchise to be known for. Yeah, <laughs> we're the, we're the we'll NFL. We're the, do nothing. We're the so Florida of NFL. Right. I mean, what a joke! Now I'm just getting irritated. This is supposed to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Justin? Uh, I'll go with uh, Jeff Garcia, uh, quarterback. Um, you might remember him playing for San Francisco. He was pretty uh, pretty successful there. Um, came to Cleveland. Was not really accurate. I think he was, they said, 57% completion percentage. Injuries all over the place. Uh, three and seven record. The worst is he left, and then he went five and one with Philly the next year, and then still did two more years with Tampa Bay. Crazy story. <laughs> Either it was my wife or my mother-in-law went to Goodwill and found a Cleveland Browns pillow, and on the back is Jeff Garcia's autograph. Uh, I think she paid... 
a dollar. Nice. <laughs> she overpaid. <laughs> Still in my man cave. Yeah. The one side is sweet. The side with the uh, signature, not so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be worth more if it was signed by Andy Garcia. Right. Is that like the one item that you have an autograph on that you don't display the yeah, autograph? Well, you know, like, there's, some, there's some other nice pieces there, but yeah, I just flipped that one. Flipped around. There's no like fanatics. Like, uh, hey, is that one signed? COA on it. No, no, it's not signed. No, it's just <laughs> I just lay my head on that one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you, Josh? Oh, man, I'm going to go with a little more recency here and talk about RG3. Mm. Um, I just, that was when Hugh Jackson thought or told everybody in the draft, I'm going to take um, Cody Kessler. Just right. trust me on this one. I did. Yeah, okay, Hugh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, here, you know, bring in RG3 to come in and save the day. And he did everything but. Right. And um, yeah, it was just a, it was just a mess, just another. You know, another poor quarterback decision, just us p- plugging in a has-been, or pretty much it never was, really. Yeah, yep. a, a one-season um, wonder. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Dante Stallworth, and Ooh. mostly because I can't believe we signed him <laughs> fresh off a of murder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I couldn't believe this guy was free. He wasn't playing in, like, the California Penal League. Right. <laughs> yeah. mean, so he should have been playing the guards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it, how this guy was free to come on a roster. And I remember thinking too, like, man, Dante Stallworth had some good games. He maybe, you know, if he can forget the fact that he just killed somebody, he'll put up some numbers for us. And no. he did not. Wasn't the case. No, no, he had ten catches for 170 yards with the Browns. He he only had nine more catches than people he killed that year. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> not okay. So I mean, I really that that to me that's just a terrible pick. Not only just for optics of your organization, and then he comes out and puts up ten kids. That's a that's like a good game. He did it for a season <laughs> for the Browns. So it was it was him and and Bo and Kenny Britt. Yeah, yeah. what a all, four. All, yeah, not what, what are they doing together. with those? Yeah, <laughs> with those receivers. I mean, yeah, just not some good decisions at all. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> but another thing I want to talk about before we dive into free agency, I heard some crazy, crazy trade rumors, you know, that, that always come around this time of year when free agents are being signed and stuff. One of them I saw was that the Browns were actually interested in acquiring Russell Wilson and the Seahawks were actually interested in giving him up, which completely blows my mind. When was this? I think it was for, what, for last year or two years ago? 2018. Yeah, okay. so first the, round pick. Okay, you were going to get Baker, right? Um, now, to me, I love Baker. I th- I was at the Jets game when he came out, and so he's going to have to do a lot for me to not be a Baker fan after that. Uh, but I'd take Russell Wilson in a heartbeat. And I came up with a, a obviously this is a super crazy scenario, and I'm not saying I would 100% do this, but I'm saying I can make the argument for this. I'd trade just about anything for Russell Wilson. And I threw this out here to these guys – I'd give up Miles Garrett and Odell for Russell Wilson. Yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. That what is you, the worst right thing now, out right? You're saying right now. Right now. I'd what do you do him. with Baker then? I'd trade him for somebody. So now you got rid of Baker, Odell, Odell. and Miles Garrett for Russell. So who's for, Russell throwing the ball to? For Russell and whoever you can get for Baker. Huh? Oh who's he throwing the ball to? Oh, we just talked about <laughs> all the tight ends we have. We have Jarvis Landry. You're crazy. Whatever yeah, receiver, whatever receiver we can trade for for Baker Mayfield. Listen, guys. Russell Wilson has made a career, like a Hall of Fame career, out of throwing to no-name receivers. We Even without Odell, the Browns would have the best talent 
that he's ever played with. Now, but you got to remember, Russell Wilson has had con- continuity his whole career. He's had Pete Carroll as his head coach the whole time, and Pete Carroll is a great head coach. Baker's on his fourth now, right? right. Yeah, so... No, I, and okay. the defense no. in Seattle. I mean, when is when have they ever had a bad defense where you're like, oh, Seattle, they're giving up 30 points a game. No, and they got that run game. Well, That's the Browns proven. have a run game. No. He, he rushed for 1,500 yards last year. Yeah, now we have a run game. In that, I want to trade for him now. With those two guys? No way. You're I'm, crazy. I'm, th- I'm telling you. If there's you. any viewers out there that agree with Blake. I, I, I'm, not, hey, I'm not saying I would pull Call the in and we'll hang up on I'm, you. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying Please I'd comment pull. and let us know what you think. I'm not saying I'd pull the trigger on the trade. I'm saying I can make an argument for the trade. Miles Garrett, as good as he can be, I feel like he disappears. He had 10 sacks in 10 games last year, four in one game. That means there's four games out there where he is okay, non-existent. I'm, I'm with Blake on that one point there. Uh, Miles Garrett has not been, to me, what he should be, for what he was supposed to be. To I'll me, go on the record right now and say Miles Garrett's going to have a huge season coming up. That's he what we going to be. He's going to come out. I mean, he has to. We hope yeah, everything we, that has <laughs> that's happened. He is going to have a huge monster season. That's what we thought last year too. And like I said, ten game. You look at his stats and you think ten games, uh, ten sacks. He's doing really well. But I watch all those games, and there's games where he disappears. Do you think there's a chance that you know maybe this time next year or even the year after that we're throwing Miles Garrett into that list of first round busts that we're sitting here joking about? No, I mean. It's not just a first round. He's a number one overall pick. Marcus right? Russell was too. And, and he and like I said, he I think Miles Garrett has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. But he's a freak athlete. But you can't go four games with no sacks and be considered a game changer. Khalil Mack never disappears. You watch a, Bra- a Bears game and Khalil Mack. You can tell he's not on the field. Is yeah, he every he's one of play, like I'll watch a game for defense when I'm watching the Bears. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I don't do that really for any team. Right. It's fun. And so, so that's why I'm saying. To I still think you're crazy, though. You know, and then Odell, Odell, I love him, and I don't want to get rid of Odell, but he would be, I mean, we would still have Jarvis and whatever we could get for Baker, plus Harrison Hollywood. Bryant, uh, <laughs> yeah. plus Harrison Bryant, um, the new tight end Cooper, plus Njoku if he can catch the ball. It would be, we would have, it would be the best team Russell Wilson's ever played on offensively still without. Odell, and you'd have you'd be out Miles Garrett. You just picked up like. Th- well, if you tell me that Miles Garrett's going to go around and hit somebody else with his helmet, maybe you make that trade. If you know that he's going to do that, but I th- I agree with Justin. I think Miles Garrett's going to be great this year. Uh, I sure hope so. I think Odell is going to benefit. I don't know how long we keep Odell. I don't know if he fits in a Stefanski type of a system. I know uh, Diggs and you know they had Diggs and Thielen there. Sometimes they get upset. Uh, you know. And that, that didn't go very well with Diggs. Yeah. So and and Odell's more outlandish than Stefan Diggs. So, but the craziest thing about this whole conversation is that the Seahawks, the, 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 that's the part. What were they, they doing? Like they would, <laughs> they would seriously have interest in training Russell Wilson for anything. It, right. I read it. They orchestrated it. Like it, Hugh Jackson said, it would. We would have never given up the number one pick, but like at least it was started on Seattle. Seattle started the talks, and it was talked about. And you said, you know, he has Pete Carroll, great coach, it's consistency. Pete Carroll, I agree, is a good coach. But his first time in the NFL, he did not do well. And when did he start doing well in the NFL? When he had Russell Wilson. So. Chicken or the egg, huh? Exactly, exactly. Yep. I, I'm, not, I'm not a Miles Garrett hater. I love both of them. I love Odell. I'm just saying 
to me, Russell Wilson's a, a future Hall of Famer. And what do future Hopefully Hall of Famers Baker do for is. your team? You know, they take you to Super Bowls. So, well, maybe we'll get some some input from uh, yeah from the fan base here this week, and and just let us know: Is Blake nuts? Would you guys trade Garrett and Odell for Russell Wilson? No. <laughs> no, There's silly a, guys. Justin has spoken there, for you all, right? But go ahead. You know we like the feedback, but I'll take your word for it. Now it's fine. Well, you guys no. are just a bunch of haters. All right. So that being said, I think we should move into people who actually are on our team now. Uh, let's dive into this 2020 free agent class. Um, I think we should get started. Big signing of uh, the offseason, tight end Austin Hooper, four years, $42 million, formerly with the Falcons. I think this is a great pickup. Yeah, I agree. That's a lot of money. Highest uh, paid of, tight end in the yeah. NFL right now. That My only argument for that is highest paid tight end. Next year, the TV deal goes through. Those numbers are going to go up. But is he a uh, Travis Kelsey? No. Is he a Zach Hurts? No. Is he extremely reliable? Is he going to do a lot for this system? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> to me, too, you have to look. Who are we? Right. We're the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. So, one, we had the money. What are we saving it for? Two, you, in order to get people to come to Cleveland, we're not a vacation destination. We're historically the laughing stock of the NFL. If you want to bring in a pro bowler type player, sometimes you got to overpay. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to have to pay somebody more than Dallas does. Because we're not the Cowboys. We're the mistake by the lake. Right. And this is not going to be a signing where the guy comes in, catches nine passes for the whole year, and that's it. I mean, Austin Hooper will be utilized. I mean, so I was looking up the Vikings last year because Stefanski ran their offense. They used, I think last time you you just threw out the number 70% for two tight end sets, which is high. But the Vikings, they ran two tight end sets 57% of the time, which is the second highest in the league. The only one that did it more was Philadelphia. And look yeah, who they've wow. got, right? They've yep. got Ertz and Goddard. Yep. yep. And now, I, I was I paid a lot of attention last year to the Vikings because I, you know, dynasty fantasy. I had a uh, Irv Smith Jr. was their rookie tight end last year, mm-hmm. and I'm I was watching a lot of how they utilize Kyle Rudolph as like your main prototypical tight end, the big bodied guy who's going to go out there and block. He's going to catch the big, you know, go up high and get the balls and everything like that. And then you've got Irv Smith Jr. They used as the motion guy out of the slot. He did a lot of you know, in motion and he rolled out into the flats and everything like that. So maybe we're going to use Njoku like that. I hope so. Let him be the more athletic guy, the big bodied guy, but then let Hooper go out and be the tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big thing with Hooper that I liked is he kind of emerged into 2018 season as, you know, a standout. Uh, he had, let me see, he had 11, or 71 catches, 660 yards, four touchdowns. Okay, so kind of maybe was that one-hit wonder. We see that a lot with tight ends uh, in the NFL. But then followed it up in 2019 with 787 yards and 75 catches. So in if three you look, less games. Right. So if you look yeah. at that and you combine those seasons, he's averaging at least five catches a game for 50 yards. If we get that out of him, I'll be happy. You know, one thing I'll say, too, is I feel like everybody's kind of looking for that tight end, like that Njoku-type tight end, that freak athlete who can run the fields. There's only been, like, wait, one that does that on a consistent basis in the last 10 years is Gronk. Yeah. Yep. For the most, I mean, Jimmy Graham disappeared. Yep. Gronk had a counterpart for a while. That yeah. was pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. but if you look at Gronk, though, I mean, Gronk was also, or yeah, I should say is also that 
the big block your prototypical blocking yeah. you know, your big tough tight end who can also go out and catch he just happened to be a freak athlete yeah tell me can anybody tell me any like crazy freak athlete tight ends that are still successful if you think about it, somebody who is supposed to be that, O.J. Howard, not. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, don't John, ask. John o. Smith for the Titans, they keep yeah. saying that he's that kind of guy, but it he's the same as Njoku. Work. You don't see it. It yeah. doesn't happen. So, I mean, I think this kind of guy that can do a little bit of everything, I think it's a super solid pickup. And this is why I said I think Njoku could be the third tight end by the end of the year because I think uh, Harrison think Bryant out. could come up and be the, uh, the number two. I think Njoku has a crazy high ceiling, and it's just – He's got Greg Little hands sometimes. Oh, oh that's not good. Dude, why do you got to <laughs> say? It's not good. We There's need to come up guy. with like a list of names that you cannot say on this show. Yeah, and Greg you can't Little's on that list. Greg Little. Yeah, he who must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> um, like so, last year, so our tight ends, Cleveland's tight ends, you had Demetri Harris, Farrell Brown, Carlson, Ricky Seals, Jones, uh, and uh, Njoku combined for forty-one receptions. 497 yards and nine touchdowns. Like he said, the stat line on Hooper, and he missed three games, was 75 catches, 787 yards, and six touchdowns. Dude, Did those, we not just completely just knock it out of the park with that? Yes, those guys that you just listed, they're all the same type of tight ends, yes. and it yeah. is the type that doesn't work. Right, yep. So, the home run, Austin Hooper. I, and I agree with you. I think Njoku, <laughs> I literally last year I thought, hey, maybe this is a Freddie thing. Depending on what happens at camp, yeah, he, he might, might not be on the team this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he might be on the team, but the Browns just picked him. up his fifth year option. Oh, yeah. that's right. So yeah. that tells me that they don't want to give up on him because they see the same thing we do when that's he walks around in a cutoff shirt. The dude's got muscles for days. Well, that's why I think you'll see him <laughs> splitting out a little bit, or mm-hmm. maybe even lining up in the backfield, motioning all around the field, trim a little weight a little bit, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe acting more as like a wide receiver than he will a tight end because he's not a tight end. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. I think this is an, a, a great pickup for the Browns and a great pickup for Baker Mayfield. He needs oh, yeah. a big, reliable Baker's target. Baker's a huge like this. winner right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Huge winner. Yep. Speaking of helping Baker out, our next big signing, Whew. Jack Conklin, right tackle, three years, $42 million, formerly with the Titans. He was a 2016 first-round draft pick, eighth overall. Um, what's crazy, I read this. The Browns actually traded with the Titans that draft. So the, when the Titans dra- uh, moved up to grab this guy, so yeah, that was our pick. Yeah, yeah. and now he's coming to Cleveland. Uh, big thing I like about Conklin, he's only 20, 25 years old. Um, getting him young, still got a lot of good years of football left in him. Right. Uh, in what was a big problem with our line last year, both our tackles mm-hmm. dressed one in free agency, one in the draft, and I think the Browns are set up now have a big type season. May I please just throw out a tackle stat real quick? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Conklin was the third-ranked right tackle last season, okay? So so we have the third-ranked right tackle. We have the number 10 overall pick, probably going to play left tackle. Hubbard and Greg Robinson were both outside the top 40 last year. Yeah. So we just got rid of two uh, outside the top 40 tackles that blew and replaced them with the number three right tackle and a top 10 pick. Yeah, you're Baker Mayfield. You are just Austin yeah. Hooper. Yeah. You're like, dude, come on. The next guy we talk about, it seems like there's a, a lot of support for that Baker Mayfield guy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. To, I mean, the tackles were so bad last year. Yeah. I mean, uh, we didn't see anything. We didn't see Greg Robinson from, you know, the season before who was trying to make a name for himself after being a bust. We saw drug dealing Greg Robinson. Who got busted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my 
bad. Well played. Yeah, no, I definitely think Baker. I think a lot of people out there, and there's some Browns fans that are down on Baker because he didn't have a great year. But when you look at the numbers of what he had in front of him and blocking for him and the coaching staff that was there and things that were being called, I think that that's why a lot of people need to give him, you know, give him he another, sack, give him a couple seventh more. most yeah. times yeah. in the NFL, 40 sacks last year. That line gave up. Yeah. Hard it, to be accurate when you're running for your life as soon as you touch the ball. And I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but a lot of Baker haters will throw out, you know, even when he had a clean pocket, his completion percentage was low or something like that. The problem is, is if you're so used to not having a clean pocket, even when there's a clean pocket, you don't feel like it. You know, you know, any second you're going to be getting hit. So I think it does not just as much in terms of actual protection, just the psyche of Baker Mayfield. He feels more comfortable sitting behind this line. Half the time, I swear, he looked like he had a concussion out there anyway. I mean, you know, partway through the game, you could just tell Baker's just not right. So I, I remember the Titans game last year, the very first game. He went into, I think it was right after halftime, maybe, came out and got hit. I think it was when they got that safety on us. Yeah. He just he got up. I'm like, dude's not. He's not right. Yeah, he's 20 pounds overweight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Con- yeah. I'd I, I like this signing, Conklin. Uh, yeah. Blocked for a, an okay running back there in Tennessee. Yeah, I like started all 16 games last year for uh, a Titans team that kind of took the league by storm late in the year. And oh, by the way, blocked for the NFL rushing leader. Yeah, that's another thing too. I mean, we keep saying Baker's a winner. Baker's going to be awesome. Watch out for Nick Chubb. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully he gets more than like ten carries the last two games. I think under this system he will. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I put, you saw how they used Dalvin Cook last year. Yeah, right. I mean, he was the main guy, and and then we have Cream Hunt. So I mean, we we could have a, probably the best running game in the league if we play everything right. I mean, call me crazy, but I think Nick Chubb could get two thousand. That's not oh. out of the realm of possibility. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he's talented enough. It's it's he could put it could a, happen. He could get two thousand. The only thing, the only reason I could see it, you know, what hinders is having a Kareem Hunt who's going to yes. take yards and carries away at times. But I yeah, mean, it's definitely not impossible because they're not going to use Chubb as you know your standard three down back because right. they're going to bring uh, Kareem Hunt in on those third down, those passing situations, and you know he might get a carry and stuff like that here and there and kind of take away from him. I think we all agree, though, that of the two backs we got, Chubb's the best one, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So but that's I, the thing, too, is it, like if this were a fantasy football discussion, we'd be all about like, oh, yeah, it'd be great if Chubb got all the carries. But as a Br- Cleveland Browns discussion, this is awesome. Insane, we yeah. have two super stud running backs running behind an awesome offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is exciting. With you a guys, coach that just wants to run the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the offensive line coach who just wants to pound the ball. Yep. I mean, this is yeah. – you guys think Chubb's our best offensive player? I do personally, yeah. Uh, for um, for two years now, I just sit and watch the guy and go, man, I can't believe he just got eight yards on um, nothing. nothing. Yeah, go back to that eye test. I mean, you watch him, you're like, hey, he's awesome. What are and you coming do? out of Georgia, you you saw that. It's just, I think, with the injury, you know. So I'm saying if he's our best player, I think he needs to touch the ball 20 to 30 times a game. Yeah, de- de- definitely. I think he's got to get 20 almost regardless of what you're – game plan is or what's happening in the game. And then, yeah, if you're trying to control the clock, you're winning a football game, he's the guy that's got to have the ball in his hands, not throwing it and stopping the clock like Browns well, do. How many times did Derrick Henry run the ball last year? And, I mean, you look at you know Stefanski with Minnesota then, too. I mean, all they wanted to do was run the ball. I mean, Chubb could get 20 carries a game, and Cream Hunt could still get 10. Right. This is yeah. true. Yeah. Minimum, so, yeah. So. We could easily have 2,000-yard rushers this year. I'm excited. 
Yeah, and we just you look like it. And we just bolstered up the <laughs> offensive line. Yeah, calm yep. down over this. <laughs> I mean, come on, we still got a, more show to do. <laughs> All right, so I think uh, Jack Conklin, great pickup for us, for the fantasy teams, and for Baker. Uh, this guy, I think, is going to help Baker and push him. Uh, Kate, uh, QB Case Keenum, formerly with the Redskins, but I think more importantly, formerly with the Vikings and under Stefanski. Stefanski wasn't the offensive coordinator, but I think he was uh, assistant. QB coach. QB coach, okay. Yep. Um, we paid top top dollar for this guy to be a backup. Three years, $18 million, I think $10 million guaranteed. Yep, $10 million. Um, But he's considered one of the top veteran QBs on the market uh, for a backup role. Career passer rating of 85.3. I mean, he's he just puts up solid numbers anywhere he goes. I think last year his QB rating was like 90. He didn't play a ton of games last year, but – says they want to get Dwayne Haskins in, but the, the guy just performs, and he's been in this system before. He's going to be able to help Baker, coach him up on things. He, I think it's going to be huge in the QB room. Yeah, he's a great leader to have on the team. I mean, when was the last time that the Browns had a, I mean, against Josh McCown, this type of a backup quarterback where you knew if you went in the game or somebody got hurt, you had to play him, you know, that you felt like he was reliable and he gave you the chance to win rather than, I mean, we're gonna. There's no way we're gonna win with this guy. Type of a feeling. Yeah, but that was usually when the starters didn't give you a chance to win either. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just for some reference, when this guy did get a chance to lead a team, Vikings went 11 and three. He had a almost a 68 percent completion percentage, threw for 3,500 yards, 22 touchdowns, only seven picks. Yeah, he's definitely a game manager type of quarterback. I think if Baker can learn, I think he's got a lot that he can learn from a Case Keenum. And I think Case Keenum can teach him a lot about the system that Stefanski wants to run. I think that's why he was brought in. I don't think that he's an everyday starter anymore in the NFL. He got a big contract to come and play for his old coach and a team that's you know kind of young and needed that veteran leadership. I think he fills that role. One thing I think it might get overlooked too is Case Keenum in college. He played for – that was a spread attack, threw it 50 times a game. Kind of like the same system Baker came from. And he came to the NFL, and he learned to adapt to a pro-style, run-first, bootleg, play-action type offense. He can kind of coach Baker through that. You know, Baker's a gunslinger, and we like that about him. But he's got to – sometimes he's got to reel it back. And I think this is the kind of guy who can help him with that. I look at Case Keenum as an $18 million investment by the Browns in Baker Mayfield. Yep. Yeah. And what, so what's that tell you about how they view Baker Mayfield that they're willing to invest 18 million dollars in a guy that hope to God will not see the field one time. Right. You know what I mean to come in and be the mentor to be that voice of experience into Baker Mayfield's ear. I mean that's huge. That yep. to me that says we really do believe in the talent level of Baker Mayfield. We believe the leadership and that he can be that franchise quarterback for the next, you know, 10-12 years. I absolutely agree both of you guys. I mean he, if he's brought in in a mentor role, he's going to help the transition into the new coaching system. And like you said, Zach, if, God forbid, anything happens to Baker. I remember last year when he threw the ball and it hit the dude's helmet. We all uh, pretty much just. Yeah. It's like the lost season is lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. There, really, oh, we're, there really is no way we can make the playoffs now. Yeah. But like, if in that situation, this guy comes in, he can still lead this team. He's, I mean, I've heard references that he's one of the smartest quarterbacks in, you know, in the room. The guy's just, and like you said, great investment. To me, know? another guy who plays with a chip, pretty sure undrafted out of Houston, multiple knee injuries back in the day. So he just always got something to prove. Um, 
And again, I know we're talking about how we brought him in as a backup, but I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to let Baker just have the job. He's going to push him. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. And just for reference, I mean, the Browns paid Drew Stanton less than $4 million last year. Yep. This guy's getting $10 million guaranteed, $18 million contract. I mean, that's an investment in your starter. All right. Well, those are the those are the uh, the big free agent signings. What I would consider the ones that I expect, you know, to make the biggest impacts for the Browns. Um, we got a couple more good ones though. Uh, one of my favorite signings of the year, Carl Joseph. We got a one year deal from the Raiders. Um, he's a 2016 first round draft pick by the Raiders, 14th overall. To me, this you guys remember when we? I think it was uh, Dante Stallworth, or not Dante Stallworth. Dante Whitner. Yes. Yes. Kind of reminds me of that. Okay. A guy who's going to come in and just be a leader for your defense. He's going to mentor the young guys. We've got a lot of young guys on our defense. Uh, Denzel Ward's only a third year corner. Mm -hmm. Greedy's only a second year. And to me, a big guy, we just took Delpit. Yeah, Delpit benefits tremendously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just talked about how we think Delpit's guy of the future for the Browns. And to me, this guy helps him get there. Uh, and he makes it so Delpit doesn't have to start right away if he's not ready. We can run with Carl Joseph for a couple games if we need to, and he'll be serviceable. He'll play solid football for us. I think this helps uh, Redwine too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's just it's kind of like that veteran leader to to create kind of like a rotational yep. situation with these safeties until Delpit gets up to speed and can kind of be that full time, you know, beast that we think he's going to be that we hope he's going to be. Yeah, uh, started 10 games for the Raiders last year, second on the team in tackles until he got hurt. Um, so he, he has a nose for the football. And first-round draft pick only four years ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. So, the, I mean, the talent's there. Um, so I think, to me, it's one of my favorite signings, under-the-radar signings that the Browns did this year. Yeah, I'm looking at safety this year as kind of that position where they're going to try to put depth and bodies in, you know, at the safety position to – constantly have somebody rotating in and out of there until they get a constant starter. Yeah, no, I definitely think that Carl Joseph, there were some times last year uh, he didn't have the uh, best core surrounding him, but, you know, having the press man quarter or cornerbacks as Ward, Greedy Williams, and then we just picked up Kevin Johnson as our slot corner um, on the field with Sandejo too, a veteran guy also on the back end. I didn't mention Delpit in any of those names. So, I mean, we have a pretty loaded group of guys that we can have on that back line to add to what we've already got on the front line. Yeah, going on uh, what Zach said, too, just with all these contracts are all, like, one-year veteran, basically, con- you know, contracts come in, support tons of raw young talent. So it looks like we signed a bunch of one-year coaches. Yeah. Come in, <laughs> mentor, um, have a leadership role in the locker room, but also, like you said, serviceable. They can plug in. They can rotate in. Um, I think another thing we saw, we got to have depth. We yeah. thought we thought coming in last year, we we're going to have one of the best secondaries in football with uh, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, and Demarius Randall. Mm-hmm. And Randall, Ward, and Greedy all missed significant time. And we're running. And then what? Uh, what's his face? T.J. Carey got hurt, or the other one? Um, uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're on our fourth, fifth corners. These guys were pulling guys, squad yeah, players. guys off the squad. Yeah. So I think this just the, the deeper a football team you are, the better a football team you are. It breeds competition and practice and injuries happen in the NFL. Yeah, well, and this is where you got to be deep if you're the Browns, because you've got a D line that's pretty good. Right. And you've got now you've got your depth in your secondary because your linebacking area is young, inexperienced. You need you need that 
the the pressure and the you know the the greatness up front, and then you need the support in the back, especially when you're you know kind of weaker in that middle. And I like having safeties that aren't afraid to tackle, especially oh. <laughs> with that young linebacking core. You know, we bring in a guy who was second on his team in tackles. That just helps Mac Wilson, Taki Taki, and unfortunately Jacob Phillips. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that just helps them in the run game. So, yeah, yeah, like I said, probably my favorite under-the-radar signing of the Browns so far. Yeah, I think Joseph can be kind of used as one of those hybrid type of, you know, safety cornerback. You know, bring him up against the Ravens team that you're going to get a lot of RPO looks. Uh, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram. Got a lot of guys you got to stop, and you got to be willing to come up and uh, make a tackle, otherwise they're going to punish you. So I think he could, you know, really help against teams like that in the vision that we got to play twice a year. That's a good point, too, because they're not going to have a lot of – they have one speedy receiver going to try to shoot down the field on you, and that's it. Right. Everything else is tight ends, running backs. So, Well, speaking of that linebacker core, uh, we added to it in free agency this year, B.J. Goodson, uh, formerly with the Packers, signed to a one-year deal. I'll be honest, this is a guy I don't know a ton about. I did some research on him. Uh, I saw some things that said he's going to be a, a plug-and-play guy for Joe Schobert. Well, Joe Schobert, Schobert led the team in tackles every single year he was here. This guy doesn't have as many tackles in his career as Joe Schobert would normally get in a season. So I'm not seeing it here, but, you know, I didn't break down the film on him for hours and hours before I made this signing. (laughs) (laughs) He had a 66.2 grade by Power Football Focus, 41st among linebackers in the league. Um, He was a 2016 fourth-round draft pick by the Giants. To me, this is a signing, almost like a locker room signing. He's probably a smart guy, and he's just going to be there in case Mac Wilson and Takitaki need help. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, you said, you know, he's a he was picked by the Giants. We got him. You know, he was with the Packers. And I I don't think he was only – he's only been on three teams. Is it four teams, I think, maybe this is? His fourth team now or something like that? I we will. So. I'm seeing the Giants from 2016 to 2018, then a one-year deal in 2019 with the Packers. Okay, and so now he's on his third team. So, yeah, probably not, you know, not a standout talent. But, you know, if, if he's a smart guy, good leader, uh, like you said, good locker room guy, I mean, it makes sense to bring him in with you got young potential – in uh, Wilson and Taki Taki. Yep. I, I think he's with Jacob Phillips. This is a developmental thing. I mean, I think you plug him in inside, like you said, with Mac Wilson, Taki Taki. He's there for a year, so there's no long term commitment. You know, this isn't going to be the future. Does I will fill a hole immediately, though. I mean, possibly. Yeah. Oh. He, he uh, everything that I've kind of looked up about him says that he's not a great cover linebacker. He's not going to be the guy that lines up over a tight end. Uh, everything I've seen, everything I've seen about the stats when he is in coverage, is really bad. So hopefully he's not the guy that's lined up. I think it was like he gave up. I don't know. He was targeted. I think seventeen times and thirteen times they made the catch for ten yards or more. So hopefully he's not covering anybody. But he's definitely the guy. Um, from the videos that I have seen, he fills the gaps. Likes to get after the running back, which in our division that's what you're going to see most of the time. Uh, and if you win your divisional games, your chance of making the playoffs are really good. So, I will say this about him. What they say in the NFL, the best ability is dependability. And 2017, he missed some games with injury. But other than that, he played 15 games his rookie year, 15 games in 2018, 15 games in 2019. Started over half of those. So the guy, you can depend on him to be there. He might not be the most talented, but – in a pinch, you know he'll be there for you. He's not going to miss games due to injury. 
might not get any sacks. He has a half a sack in his career. He's got exactly one half sack more than I do in the NFL. <laughs> I think you can catch him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just need a shot. Put me in, coach. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. I mean, for a guy that you're not counting on to be in there every single play or to be that, you know, the main, you know, the main guy on your defense, that's good. Dependability is good. Depth, not a bad signing. Yeah. And I think they had to sign somebody. Yeah. For their linebacker. Yeah, I mean, linebackers. they're depleted right now at linebacker. This guy was out there. Maybe was he worth, you know, giving the money and signing? Maybe not, but they had to do something. You didn't know if you were going to get one in the, the draft yeah. either. And yeah, you could have had Jacob, Malik Harrison. Yeah, you got Jacob Phillips. Yeah. Great linebacker out of LSU, Blake. Yeah. Just covers Leading the tackler. field. Yeah. <laughs> Leading tackler on the team, yeah. on that championship team. <sighs> Don't get me started. <laughs> well, uh, I th- think probably one more noticeable name we picked up in free agency, Adrian Claiborne, D-tackle with the Falcons. 2011 first-round pick by Tampa Bay. One thing I found, he actually has the record for the Falcons with six sacks in a game. The guy can get after the quarterback. I know you had some stats on him, Zach, that said even though maybe not a huge sack season last year, he still pressured the QB a lot. Yeah, so he was ranked actually in the top 10 as a disruptor as a defensive lineman. So pretty much that just calculates, you know, he didn't have a lot of sacks last year, but his, you know, quarterback hurries, his pressures, his quarterback hits that he had, you know, after the ball was released, all that stuff put him in the top 10. So, yeah, maybe the sacks weren't there, uh, but they can kind of be a little bit misleading. You know, an average fan might think, ah, you know, this guy only had four sacks. Why are we signing him? Stuff like that. He's a veteran guy, and on that list, he actually was higher than guys like Joey Bosa. That's insane to me. Yeah, and he was like only – I'd have to get the list pulled up, but he was he was very close to Miles Garrett, but better than Joey Bosa. And we just signed this veteran guy that's kind of under the radar and didn't have to pay a lot of money. And I think if the Falcons using this guy way differently than we're going to use this guy. You know, this guy's not going to be an every-down player for us. This is going to be – he's going to be way fresher for us. We put him in third-down passing situations, you know, just tell him to get after the QB, that kind of thing. I think he could have a really solid season for the Browns because we're going to be able to keep him fresh. Yeah, this is that depth on that D-line that, you know, it's already pretty strong, good good D-line, and now you're just adding depth to it. And, I mean, you can rotate guys in and out and, uh, like you said, keep them fresh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, dependability. Going back to 2015, 16 games played, 13 games played, 16 games played, 14 games played, 15 games played. The guy – He's just there. He can do whatever you need him to do. Um, and, I, again, a good leader in the locker room, been there, helped mentor young guys like Jordan Elliott, that kind of thing. Uh, so I think it's, especially to get him one year, didn't have to pay much for him. I don't think you can go wrong with this kind of signing. Yeah, yeah another, I mean, another common two-year deal, super low risk, you know, fills a hole. I, I, that, for me, like on our defensive side, that's all we did was we just bought in on low contracts short-term. Really, really, I th- I thought I like that pick a lot. He might not have, you know, 10 sacks, but he's going to disrupt, like Zach said. The first thing that the Browns asked him to do when he got there, or I mean, when the season, the preseason starts here and everything, guys get in the building, they want him to give a presentation that helmets are weapons. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Miles Garrett. <laughs> i trade him. Oh. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, for here the right, we go. hey, for the right price. Uh, well, hey, I think that wraps up the the big names. I know we had a couple undrafted guys that 
Zach, you were particularly particularly interested in, um, and all of us are just casual fans and we're not as cool as yeah. you. So yeah, so <laughs> yeah, we ended up signing fifteen undrafted, but just a couple guys that kind of stood out. Uh, Brian Harrion, running back from Georgia, kind of under the radar type of guy. Uh, I know we have a great running back core. We did sign Hilliard back as well as kind of like our pass catching, you know, third down special teams type of guy. This Harrion uh, played at Georgia four years. Um, he was actually there when uh, Chubb was there and Mich- Sony Michelle was there. He was he was there at that time. Uh, during his career, he had uh, fourteen. Uh, 100 yards rushing on 277 carries, so he averaged five yards a carry at Georgia. Uh, just didn't get to see the field a whole lot. Had 13 touchdowns, you know, why he was there. I think, that, you know, down the road, he could be a guy that could be a third, because I don't think we're going to be able to keep Hunt and Chubb forever. I think you're going to have to have somebody else, because one of them, if Hunt has a great year this year, he's going to get a bunch of money, and the Browns are going to have to pay one guy. I hope that they, in my opinion, I hope they pay Chubb. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have to pay one guy. One of them is going to leave, so we're going to need somebody else to be like a bigger back to help fill that role instead of playing Chubb three downs every game and wearing him down. So I think he's a he's a big signing um, along with A.J. Green, not the A.J. Green from Cincinnati, uh, but he's a cornerback, Oklahoma State, um, was projected a fourth or fifth round pick, uh, fell down. His numbers at the Combine weren't great. Um, he started 37 straight games at Oklahoma State, which is a pretty good stat. Um, he was their top cornerback, uh, won their team's award, you know, for the most recognized player that went unrecognized. Um, <laughs> I think it was their Barry Sanders award. Uh, so, But he, uh, he won their team's award for that, led their cornerback uh, crew in tackles. Um, could be just a guy, you know, to add more depth that, was a kind of a fourth, fifth round prospect, and then just didn't have great combine and fell. I know, didn't you? I don't know if you said this, but didn't we give him the biggest? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely signed him undrafted. Give him one hundred forty five thousand dollars guaranteed, highest in the history of the NFL for an undrafted free agent. Whoa. So it means we saw some things in him. Yeah, and to me, I don't. I mean, the, the combine's cool, and I watch it, but I want to see what your tape looks like. You know, what do you run a four six forty or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's saying four six seven. Yeah, that's not a fast forty for a corner. You know, these receivers are running four threes. But does he play fast? Right. Sometimes you're you play faster than you run a forty. Nobody just ever lines up on a field and runs forty yards. Right. Yeah, the undrafted thing and giving him that money definitely shows that they saw something in him to make him I mean, nobody's ever given that amount of money before and we just gave it to a guy that his numbers didn't look great. Still got that money. Well, hey, thanks, Zach. Thanks for being a good podcast member. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I was you're happy welcome. to see you contribute. <laughs> All right, uh, so I want to pose this question to you guys. Was there anybody in free agency that the Browns didn't get that you were kind of hoping we would go after? I know there was only one name out there that at the beginning I was kind of thinking about, but I'm, I'm not totally bummed we didn't get, and that was Clowney. That's who I was going to throw out. And only my only thing with that is, like, so – what a cool presence that would be with him and Miles Garrett out there. But for the money that he's asking, I mean, he's still he's still sitting out there. There's a reason why he's doesn't he want like it. 15 million a year? Or something? I think it's down to 15 million. Which, I mean, to me, like, if anybody not had, there, the yeah. production's not there, but the presence to he's me, a disruptor. He's turned out to be a way better run stopping DN yep. than a than a sack type, uh, DN. 
and I think he'd be good for the team, but to me that's a you know, that's like a ten million a year guy. Not a fifteen to just seventeen. Play that Michigan uh Michigan uh handoff on uh, loop where she just destroys that running back. <laughs> One of my back. favorite plays yes. of all time. I could watch that a uh, hundred times over and <laughs> I know get you jacked. probably don't care that because you like Oklahoma, yeah. but for <laughs> us Buckeyes sweet. fans, that was a cool play. Yeah. I got a I got a shirt for you that I'll wear on one of these episodes. Baker planting a flag somewhere. Oh boy, uh, the uh, the free agent that's still available out there, uh, Jason Peters. We kind of referenced that he's a comparison to Jedrick Wills. Uh, he's still out there and says that you know he's still got years left that he wants to play. I know he's the Eagles are probably going to re-sign him and bring him back, but just adding another guy, another big physical blocker on that line. I don't see why you wouldn't want to be interested in it. I'd throw some money at that guy. I See, and I wouldn't, though. That's just, We got Conklin. We filled the need. And we, we, we filled the need, exactly. Yeah, but what did we just talk about, though? Depth. What? It, what? God yes. forbid, what happens if Jedrick Wills goes down? Who, who's our backup left tackle? He's in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is he in prison? Uh, he's in prison or he's going to be in prison. You know what I mean? Like... I mean, right. we just talked to – God forbid something happens to one of these linemen. Who, who's our backup? Okay, but that's the thing is if they went out and paid him the money that he needs to come into a team, he's he wouldn't starter. be the backup. He'd he's be the starter. starter. And then what do you do with Jedrick Wills? They want him to be the starter. They want him to be the future of that line. So, I mean, I can understand. I mean, it, that's a lot of money to pay somebody to come in and either, hey, I want you to try to be the backup because we want this kid to play, or, yeah, we want you to play, but we'd really rather have this kid start. Is he looking for starter money? Because I mean, nobody's going to give him that. Yeah, I'm not sure what he wants. What he's looking at money wise. I mean, the eagle. I sure. mean, the Eagles aren't bringing I him back. That his, I thought that his asking was kind of up there with um, the Trent Williams. Really? Because Trent Williams is like young and in his prime, and Jason Peters is like old enough to be Trent my dad. Williams is like <laughs> 30, Trent Williams is 32. Yeah, Trent Williams is older than you think he is. Yeah, Conklin Steele. I mean, at the age that we got him, yeah. you don't get that in the NFL. A guy still young enough that. Might not even be in his prime yet, you know, for alignment. If we had the money, I'd pay the money to Clowney before I paid it to a guy like Peters. Really? Even with yep. all the depth we have on the D-line? Well, because uh, Clowney can play linebacker. Mm-hmm. Linebacker out there, that I just pulled up a free agent list. Now, this guy's a little bit older or whatnot, but he kind of had a resurgence uh, with the Rams. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Clay Matthews? Clay Matthews. Mm. Still available out there. You know there. what? Now that you say that, I am a little shocked we haven't. Especially his dad. dad yeah, exactly. yeah, played. Family very, very upset, by the way. Family <laughs> hates the fact that their dad is not in the Hall of Fame. I, I know. Very verbal <laughs> about that. To me, though, that's the kind of – I'm kind of shocked that we don't do that kind of thing. With all the veteran presence we're signing. Yeah, he's 34, so he's getting a little bit older. He's kind of injury prone, but he was injury prone in Green Bay. It didn't work out. He left, signed with the Rams and was really good while he was healthy. I feel like the, the Green Bay kind of ruined him, though. Because their linebackers were so bad, they moved him to a position that he didn't play. Right, yeah. And look at how – and I think he kind of fell in with Green Bay being a guy that had to be the guy. Then he goes to the Rams and they have somebody named Aaron Donald who's the guy. Yeah. And, oh, so now I'm not getting double teamed every single snap. And I can – I got – I think he had five or six sacks last year. Yeah, and turns out we got Miles Garrett – we have Olivier Vernon. We have Sheldon Richardson. Yeah. So he shouldn't be seeing much, you know, double. Yeah, teams. he just gives you a leader in the linebacker core. Which we need. I mean, I like Mac Wilson a lot. I think he has a chance to be a stud. And I think Taki Taki also has a chance to be very good. But 
Man, we're so young there. I'd like to see somebody who's not in diapers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, I mean, he could be in diapers not because he's young, but I mean, 34 in the NFL, that's pretty close to diapers. This is true. Just the, the kind you don't want. <laughs> probably got worse CTE than I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh. Well, of all these free agent signings, I, I guess we kind of hit on this, but you, who do you think is the biggest impact? Oh, Hooper for me, I think. I like Hooper. Really? Yep. Hooper's I'm going uh, Conklin, man. Like to solidify that line, that was that was such a big need. I mean, we obviously addressed the left tackle, what we think is going to be the left tackle uh, in the draft, as long as that transition goes okay. And then you go out here and get this guy. I think 92% pass block success, like a stud. Now, obviously, he had two years where he was injured. He had an ACL tear. The last year came back. I think if he would have played like how he did, and Tennessee could have saw that forward. He'd be still with Tennessee. I mean, this that was a huge, huge signing. Yeah, Tennessee's going to miss that. Derrick Henry's going to miss that. Yes. We're going to love that. We're going to love that. Yeah. I'm just going to just jump right with you. Go ahead. Conklin's my guy. That's my my best signing. When I saw that we got him, when I saw we got Hooper, I was psyched. But when I saw we got Conklin, I was like, "That's awesome." I'm yeah. I'm happy. And then one guy we didn't mention was Andy Janovich that we traded with Denver bring in the fullback. Now we have not had a fullback in a while. And to me that, that coupled with Conklin with the draft pick, everything we're doing just says we are going to run the ball. Like you guys have never seen before. Mm-hmm. A lot of people out there might be thinking, what do we need a fullback for? But a team that used a fullback exclusively last year, they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. A no. true fullback, a, not, not sliding a tight end back there. Whenever you need somebody to right. fill that, you know, that fullback spot, a true fullback. Just exciting. watch this this year. You know how many times last year? I felt like the Browns last year would get in, you know, they'd get in second and short and throw a bomb. Because thinking is second and short, you throw your bomb. If you don't get it, it's easy to pick up third and one. The Browns couldn't pick up third and one. And I think adding a guy like that just only helps the offense. We can take more shots on early downs now because if we get in short yardage situations, this guy's going to create a hole and Chubb's going to find it, Hunt's going to find it, and we're going to get be able to get one yard this year. There's not going to be any more uh, first and goals from the one, and we or get eight, eight tries, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we don't get it. You know, this yeah. guy, we're going to get awful. So, yeah, I think. Well, and, and the Janovich thing I was reading, um, I apparently the report was when he first got traded, found out he was traded to the Browns, he wasn't too excited about it. And then he came out and said after he talked to Stefanski and whoever it was in the front office, he came out of the meeting saying, I'm Ready. pumped to be here because yeah. they told him how he's going to be used. Now, they didn't talk about how, what was specifically said in that meeting, but he came out excited about his role, which nice. means he's going to be important on that offense. Right. I mean, I'm so excited for this coaching staff. Yeah. I, I've said that before in the past. Yeah, I was actually one of the people who was excited for Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Me too. I was too, and I Me was excited too. for Freddie. I get crap for that all the time. <laughs> My wife, you you say that every year. <laughs> I say that about a lot of things. So I'm trying year. not to say like, oh, I'm pumped about Stefanski, but like inside I'm like, just, just the mo- prove it to me, man. Just, yeah. just show it to us. I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic, but as a Browns fan, it's like impossible not to be excited because I just get excited about the Browns. Right. <laughs> but man, I just, everything I hear about them, and especially the way the draft went, everybody's on the same page. Man, I'm, I can't, I'm so excited. Well, he's got the track record, you know, for mm-hmm. Minnesota. The way that offense ran, and I, I mean ran, Right. I mean, he gave we Kirk we Cousins, have the pieces. He gave Kirk Cousins a career year and his running back 
was one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah, so his cousins didn't up. have to do it all. It, it wasn't all on him. Yep. Right. He got to he got to be just the quarterback that they needed when they needed him. It, it, like last year, we were trying to use Baker all the time. Mm-hmm. Like he had to try to do everything because we just weren't running the ball like we should have been. Yeah, with the Hooper signing, the weapons is. I mean, you have that now. You have Jarvis still. You have Odell. Now you have Hooper. You have Hunt. You have Chubb. You got a fullback now. You can throw in there to run the ball. I mean, the the different offenses and stuff that you can put together, the schemes that you can do is crazy. Compared to last year, I felt like we did the same scheme, same hand it off to a running back, have him pitch it to a wide receiver, throw <laughs> a fifteen yard pass. Our entire our entire offense was a wrinkle. Yes, we had no we had no base offense. It was just like Freddie opened the playbook to the back to the trick play section. That's just what he called plays from. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that what I what I I got to give the Browns some props because you know when they chose Freddie Kitchens it was between Kitchens and Sapansky. Mm-hmm. So they you know they went with Freddie because of you know the relationship that was already there he had already been in Cleveland shown some things and it didn't work out and they didn't try to make it work they just said this isn't working cut done and they went straight for Stefanski. Thank God. Could you imagine a second? I was that. Say, can you imagine going into this year Another year, Freddie. After all Wait, the, you guys are you guys look at us. All we are the, true Browns fans, yes, everybody. We already right. forget that we went into a Hugh Jackson season after one and fifteen and zero and sixteen. Yes, right. And we, we went excited. into a third season with that nutmeg. Yeah. Yeah. What was yeah. our, what did we finish last year record wise? Uh, seven, seven and nine. nine. Seven and nine, which is crazy. Oh, it that is that, a win. Okay, so now let's. Okay, now I'm going to play kind of devil's advocate here for this group because we all don't like Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> but the fact of we've hated a coach that went seven and nine. It was the third best record the Browns have had since they came back. And we're, we were calling for his name when we were, you know, he was actually putting together some wins at the end of the year. Like, oh, my goodness, I hope we get rid of this guy. Yeah, man, I hope the Browns lose these last three games so we fire Freddie. Yeah. I said Uh-oh. that. Those words came out of my mouth. I can't, I feel dirty. I was saying, saying the that. same thing, too, though. I'm like, please don't give him some sort of excuse to be like, well, I guess we could keep him for another year. I can't do another year. Freddie. We won in spite of Freddie Kitchens. Not because We won because we had a crazy, talented roster. You don't see any successful head coaches get reamed out by their wide receivers on the sideline in the middle of a game. You don't see no, any yeah. successful head coaches get fired and then go have to go <laughs> be promoted all the way to tight ends yeah, coach. Yeah, tight ends coach for <laughs> yeah. the Jets. Yeah. Hey, does anybody know who the Jets tight end is right now? <laughs> no. And I have no. new fantasy, and I can't no. even off the top of my head go, uh, I don't know. No, oh. like normally uh, your head coach gets fired. He's at least an offensive defensive coordinator somewhere. This guy's a tight ends coach again. <laughs> yeah. And he was the head coach of the Browns last year. Where's Hugh Jackson coaching? I, I don't think he is. Pop, that's what I'm yeah, saying. I so at least Freddie's got a gig. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Yeah. I just, okay, well, we kind of look, look at where we've come. <laughs> if you would have told us back when we had Hugh Jackson, you know, not winning a game and said, hey, you're going to have Freddie Kitchens. He's going to take you seven and nine. We'd have been like all about it. Seven and nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no, I think, I mean, it's, it's exciting and we'll get into it, you know, in later episodes, more episodes as the season gets here, but I'm excited about the upcoming year and all the things that could happen. Yeah, I got a little sidetracked there. I guess I could talk about Freddie Kitchens lack of coaching ability for a long, long, long time. Well, that's what this show is all about. You know, we, we love talking about the Browns, whether they're doing good or bad. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't ever give up on them. If they suck, then I'm like, you suck, and I want to talk about it. If they're good, you guys are awesome. I want to talk about it. That doesn't happen as much. but For some reason, even after we select, like, Courtney Brown, I'm still a fan. (laughs) (laughs) And the the cool thing will be a year from now, we'll go back and watch our these episodes where we talked about the free agents and the draft picks. 
and we can reevaluate how far off we were. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong, but like next year, if the Browns just follow history, we'll be like, man, Jack Conklin was awful. <laughs> <laughs> what were we doing signing that guy? I could have yeah. played tackle for the Browns. Yeah, let's hope we're not saying yeah, that. Yeah, man, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. We're talking about our late round draft picks next year. Yeah. And how they were wildly successful. Right. Harrison Bryant, tight end of the year. Mm. We'll probably have a Lombardi trophy. We can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, we won't be talking about who we're going to pick in the top ten. Donovan Peoples-Jones ends up being the new number one on the team or something. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) It's getting crazy out here. Let's just get wild. (laughs) He, like, heard about what I said about him. He puts, like, a bag of dog poop on my door and runs away. (laughs) So so (laughs) Peoples-Jones, it was something I did read about him. I know in our last episode we talked about him. that He texted uh, Jarvis Landry right away (laughs) about about being on the team. You know, like, oh, I'm excited, you know, about playing with you. And Jarvis Landry was like, yeah, cool. Man, and had no idea. He got like on Instagram and saw that they drafted him. He's like, Oh, okay, yeah, you're on the team. <laughs> <laughs> About it. It was like, but he look. he sounds like he's eager to learn. So he was like, Oh, Dell, who's this guy texting me? <laughs> you know, Dell was like in a hot tub, like singing and dancing. <laughs> oh. Man, who am I to talk crap about, like, professional athletes? <laughs> I make torque converters for a living. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, this was a fun episode, guys. I was happy to be here with you guys again. Uh, everybody listening, thanks for listening, checking us out again. Third episode, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Check us out on YouTube uh, for videos of these things. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Facebook is where we're the most active right now. We're trying to get our other things up and going. We're going to have a Twitter eventually. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Zach got us banned on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we'll, dude, tell that story real yeah, quick. We'll, okay, so we set up the Twitter page, okay, and then had to set it up with the birth date. All right, so we had the birth date put in, and I thought, oh, it'd be a cool idea to make mm-hmm. the birth date the first episode of the podcast. So I made it. It was for last Friday, you know, 2020. Well, as soon as I click submit, I get booted out because I'm not 13 <laughs> years or, vo- or older. <laughs> so now, so now it's locked out. <laughs> Can't even sign into the account. So you had to fill out a form, everything. Had to send my driver a picture of my driver's license in. So I'm waiting approval to be able to. <laughs> this so, is why you're not the idea guy. Yeah, so tune in, tune in next week to see if we had to create a new <laughs> Twitter page <laughs> because I might not have gotten approved. Yeah, and stop by uh, Goodwill. You might find, uh, you know, your next piece of man cave stuff there. Or, uh, 50, cents, 50 cents or so. You never Get a know. good night's rest. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great neck support. Yeah, uh, check us out on the Facebook page. We also got an Instagram. We're getting up and going. Uh, be active on that Facebook page. Comment things you like, things you don't like. Um, any interaction we get with you guys is awesome. That's why we do it. We want to interact with you guys. It makes it more fun for everybody. Uh, Thanks for checking out the third episode, and we can't wait to bring you the fourth episode. Thanks, everybody. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.